Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning, folks. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors here on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. However, I am not Terry Wickstrom. This is Ronnie Castiglione. I am filling in for Terry today. Terry is down somewhere in Texas, sitting on a beach, drinking wine, having a good time. But we've got a jam-packed show ready for y'all this morning. We've got a lot of callers calling in. We've got a lot of great guests lined up. Here in the first hour, we're going to have Bernie Keefe calling in. He's going to tell us what's going on up, up in the mountains there with all those big old lake trout and all that kind of good stuff. After that, we've got two park seg- segments we're going to run through. Uh, we're going to have a, 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 a pretty well-known uh, television personality coming on also in, in, in the first hour. Mr. Jared Edwards is going to be calling in, so I'm kind of looking forward to that. Uh, in the second hour, we've got Nathan Zielinski calling in. He's going to also be talking about some of the lake trout action that's happening here in the state. We're also going to talk to Austin Parr in the second hour and, and kind of find out what's going on down at Discount Tackle and talk to him about some of the some of the new trends in fishing and what's selling and what are people buying and that sort of a thing. We're going to talk to Colorado Clays in the second hour as well and find out what's going on with them. And then in the last segment, we've got another really great guest calling in. We've got a Bassmaster Classic winner. We've got an Angler of the Year winner, FLW two-time Angler of the Year winner, year winner mr jay yellis is going to be calling in talking to us about cast that's a that's a really cool organization that we have here in the country uh we've got a cast event happening uh up in fort collins up at horsetooth reservoir here in a couple weeks so we're going to check in with jay yellis about that but right now folks i am going to get to the phones and joining us right off the bat one of my favorite guys to talk to every time i'm here in the studio mr bernie keith bernie how are you doing this morning bud Ronnie, Ronnie, Ronnie. How you doing, man? You know, I'm all fired up. I'm getting settled in here. This they, they changed the whole studio on me, Bernie. I'm I'm a little nervous. I got a fancy new phone system. I got new mics. I got all kinds of crazy new stuff happening here. But I'm doing pretty good, Bernie. How are you doing? What's going on up in the mountains? We got snow. We got clouds. <laughs> we got wet. We got cold. We got great fishing. What else could you ask for? Well, it's kind of been a never-ending winter this year, Terry. I mean, yeah, sort of like Game of Thrones. You know, winter is coming, and it's just never left. But, uh, you know, uh, fishing has got to be phenomenal up there. What do you got going on? How's the leg trout bite? How's the trout bite in general? Oh, everything up there right now is really good. You want to go fish for something, figure out what you want to fish for, target it, and you can catch numbers and numbers of big fish right now. Numbers in- um, the rain, not the rainbows are in the creeks. They're they're spawning, so anywhere there's a trickle of water, there's rainbows. There, browns are in the rocks. Lake trout are about everywhere. We're out casting weird places. Last night we caught them everywhere we went to. Um, you can cast to them. You can jig to them. You can troll them. They're they're just everything's just doing really well right now on Granby down at Williams Fork. The piker. Pike are moving shallow. They're getting down, done with their spawn. So they're they're moving shallow, and they're getting ready to eat. They just need them warm afternoons. Um, lake trout are doing really well down there. A lot of big fish are being caught. Down at Wolford, Kokanee are getting going up there. Just, you can fish real shallow for them and get them yet. So fishing is just good everywhere. Fishing is phenomenal. It sounds like it, it would be, uh, you know, really good from shore, you know, not just out on a boat, but it sounds like, you know, right now, this time of year, you can get up there and you can also access some of those lake trout and all those other trout from the bank as well, Bernie? 
Oh, very, yeah, very much so. Um, it's, uh, it's just really good, and you just got to understand what you're fishing and when you're fishing, time of day, and how to fish that time of day. You know, early in the morning, you can throw some, some um, jerk baits, stuff like that, and later on when the sun comes up and the lake goes flat, switch to some tube jigs and some um, paddle tail minnows, and you'll do, you'll do well all day long doing that. Now, I heard a report from a buddy of mine that went up to Williams Fork, and he had one of those dream days on some of those giant lake trout. Uh, he was in a kayak, and he was throwing swim bait shallow, and he caught five or six fish over 35 inches. Um, he caught a bunch of big ones right there, and that's all from a kayak. Uh, have you been throwing a lot of swim baits? You been getting any action on those, Bernie? We've been throwing swim baits. We've been throwing jerk baits. Um, we just throw a lot of different stuff throughout the day and looking at the conditions and switch it all up. But, yeah, it's kind of one of those things, if you get around them, you should catch them because they're up shallow and they're just eating other fish right now. Now, when they are and shallow. That buddy, of yours who, that buddy sure. of yours who got into all those fish, that guy is psycho times three. <laughs> yeah, you know, he was telling us stories and I heard about him and uh, – and, uh, you know, these fish were very, very shallow, and he was, he was able to, you know, get right up next to them because you, in a kayak, you know, you're, you're, you're real stealthy. You know, you're not, you're not, those fish don't get scared. And he was, he was telling stories about these giant fish taking those swim baits right underneath, right underneath them, you know, and, and now he's spinning around in a kayak trying to handle one of these giant <laughs> lake trout and having a good time. He's got his GoPro running, and he's trying to get his footage of it and doing all this great stuff. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things with, with those giant lake trout, you know, when you get into those big ones and you have that dream day, it can be some of the best fishing that you're going to have in your life. I mean, those are incredible fish to deal with, Bernie. Yeah, the only problem with that is it starts an addiction that throws away your job, that throws away everything, and all you want to do is do that. Well, you know, that's kind of fishing you, you in have, general. You have to learn, yeah, you have to learn to be an adult real quick, well, or, you, or you turn into a fishing guide. Well, there's always that, or you try to have a television show, or you know, maybe you know fill in, fill in now and then on the radio, like a, you know this other guy I know. But, but so uh, you know, where are you seeing? A, how's the brown trout bite right now? Are you guys getting into a lot of browns? Brown trout is just absolutely epic. You get a day like today, cloudy, um, snowy, rainy. Throw some chop on the water. And it's an all-day-long bite with jerk baits, either walking the bank or throwing at the bank with a boat. The only thing that will stop you is very, very cold hands, and you just get a chill from all the snow coming down. That's the only thing that will slow the bite down on a day like today. What kind of water temperature are we looking at? uh, It was 46 last night. And then... um, you know, you're. it's just an all-day thing. Just throw them at the rocks, and you'll get them on Granby. They've been stuck in a half-million fingerling rainbows in the lake for the past few years. So 18-, 20-inch browns are not uncommon. And those are fun fish to catch. There's no doubt about it. I love oh, catching brown trout, Bernie. Yeah, and they're so fat. Uh, we caught this 18 yesterday that was just had the belly, uh, bigger belly than I got. Uh, pretty, pretty incredible. <laughs> Those brown trout are ill-tempered. You know, that's a, they're just kind of a they mean are. fish. And people, you know, until you, until you really get into some of those bigger browns, you don't really understand necessarily how much of a predator those brown trout are. I mean, they got big teeth. They got gnarly hook jaws. And uh, they are all about eating other fish. And so you get up there and you can work a jerkbait along and you're 
absolutely going to blast a lot of them, you know, Bernie. Uh, what about, are you seeing any guys doing well up on fly gear up there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm seeing quite a few people fly fish out there, and it's it's kind of a tougher gig with a fly rod, but it's still good. And you got about, you know, if you want to get them in the shallows from the bank, you probably got another week to 10 days before that starts to taper off up there. But the flies are doing well. Um, it's all location. If you're going to go out there and chase them with a fly, the lake trout especially, you better be a good caster. You better you better know how to work a good uh, a fly rod. Otherwise, you're just batting against the wind is all you're doing. What are we looking at? Like, let's talk about Grammy real quick. What, what, what's the water level situation look like? Uh, are they running water out of that reservoir yet? Are you seeing a lot of current in that reservoir? And does that current affect where the fish like to sit up? You know, um, there's a lot of water running in, and they're pumping a lot out. And it doesn't really, my opinion is, it's such a big lake, everything going in and going out doesn't affect a lot. Um, but it is, it's raising about two tons a day. And that probably affects more than anything else because them fish will just keep on coming shallower as certain humps get more and more submerged, more fish will move up on top of it. But I don't think the currents from the pumping really does a lot to it. Now, the water coming in the lake, that does move a lot of fish towards it because that's just food coming down the rivers. Okay, and have you heard, are they are they planning on filling the lake all the way this year? Or? Yeah, it'll, they, I think they have it estimated to fill sometime in July. Okay, excellent. So it's a slow going thing. You you guys, Horse Tooth or Carter must be pretty low over there. You know, not necessarily. They ran a lot of water into Carter to start the year and filled it all the way up. Horse Tooth right now, we're sitting maybe uh, 10 feet from full pool right there, and they told us that we weren't going to get a lot more water this year, that they just weren't planning on bringing it over. Uh, Boyd's sitting a little bit low, so there is some room there for some water. But, uh, you know, most of that water that comes that way, either they got to pump it there or it just goes down the Poudre River, and we don't really capture it, which is kind of a bummer. Uh-huh. So, okay, but, so We're pumping water like crazy over to your side. Yeah, so I don't know where it's going. It's not going to horse. Me neither. You're, you're supposed to know this stuff, Ronnie. You live on that side of the mountain. It's, maybe it's going out to Jackson. I don't know. But. Maybe. I don't know. So, Bernie, let's talk about, you know, if, if somebody's interested in a guide trip, they're looking to come up and get out there and, you know, get out there and try to target some of those lake trout with, a, with you. How are you doing right now as far as availability, and, and what would you consider really the prime time? When, when should people look at booking a trip? Oh, geez. You know, our lakes, they fish pretty well all throughout the summer. Um, prime time, I would say, would be more June and early July. Uh, and then again, back into September and October. And just look us up on Fishing with Bernie, fishingwithbernie.com. I know I'm fully booked for the year, but I got Dan, um, Randy, Jake, and Sam working with me. And they ha- they have some availability throughout the year. The world-famous Bernie Key, folks. This guy is a lot of fun. If you can't get on a boat with him, you're going to have a blast out there. He's going to—he's definitely uh, the lake trout whisperer. Uh, you know, he's been doing it for a long time, and he's got a lot of knowledge. And I think he names those lake trouts. He's so used to catching them up there in Granby's. They're like pets to him. So, uh, you know, book a trip with these guys. Try to get out there. You're definitely going to learn some techniques that will transfer over to other bodies of water. And I can tell you from experience uh, working with Chad Lachance, he'll tell you flat out, Everything he knows about lake trout, he learned from Bernie Keefe. Uh, he's filmed quite a few shows with him over the years and had a lot of fun doing it. So, Bernie, give, him, give folks the contact information if somebody's looking to get a hold of you. Fishingwithbernie.com, Instagram, Fishing with Bernie, Facebook, Fishing with Bernie, um, email 
uh, just go to my website, fishingwithbernie.com. That's the easiest way to remember everything. It sounds like fishing with Bernie <laughs> is the key there, folks. Mr. Bernie Keefe. you to name it something you're going to remember. <laughs> Absolutely. Mr. Bernie Keefe, I'm going to get it to a break, but I want to thank you for joining us this morning. Hey, thanks, Ronnie. You have a great day. Come on and fish with us sometime. All right, buddy, I will. You have a good one. And we are going to get it to a break. You're listening to Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wicks from Outdoors here on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. I am Ronnie Castiglione. I am sitting in for Terry today. Terry is on assignment. And we are going to go right back to the phones. And joining us for, from Colorado Parks and Wildlife, we have Mr. Tappan Brown. Tappan, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, Ronnie. How are you doing? I am all fired up. I'm in your studio having a good time. And uh, we've got a lot of fun guests coming on today. And, and you're calling from up at the Arkansas Headwaters Recreational Area, the Arkansas Headwaters. Uh, what do you guys got going on up there? What's this area all about, Tappan? Hey, yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, Arkansas Headwaters is one of Colorado State Parks, one of our 41 state parks we have. And uh, we are known as the boating and fishing park, really. We have 152 miles of the Arkansas Headwaters um, that we manage the recreation on. And that flows from Leadville um, down to Lake Pueblo. And this and, this is a this is one of the world famous areas for for doing that whitewater rafting and ro- you know and, and kayaking and all that kind of good stuff down that river, isn't that right, Tappan? Yeah, the Arkansas River is the most commercially rafted river in the United States, um, and also has over a hundred miles of gold medal water in trout fishery. Fishing, boating, camping—you, you folks have it all up there. And you know, I know the fishing can be absolutely outstanding this time of year up in that area, especially before the water really gets gets flowing hard. But you know, once that melt starts coming down, that's when the rafters start to show up, and that's when everybody gets out there and likes to enjoy that river. Uh, you know, what's the forecast? What's the season look like? How's it shaping up up there? Yeah, it's going to be a, a busy season here. We're expecting a, a good flow compared from last year. Um, really had uh, some low flows, but this year with the snowpack, um, expecting some higher flows, and it's going to be a busy season. It's already starting to pick up. Um, people are already starting to raft here. Our commercial outfitters are already um, been busy on the weekends and starting to pick up during the week weekdays as well. Now, when you say whitewater boating, whitewater rafting, that kind of a thing, uh, you know, what what are we talking about up there as far as, you know, what, what do the sections look like? Are we looking at some crazy class fives or are we looking at uh, long meandering kind of meadowy looking stretches of river? What do you guys have to offer up there? Yeah, um, you know, it's great that we offer uh, so many different sections and whatever uh, interested party wants to get into they can go as high as they want we do have some class five sections in the pine creek and numbers area um, but we also have a number of family friendly sections through browns canyon um, or even through some of our town sections that are really family friendly you can bring the small kids and not be too worried about the uh, the white water but for those um, big adventure guys and gals that want to get out we do offer you know the royal gorge um, and the numbers in Pine Creek, Pine Creek section can push class five. 
So it sounds like you can pretty much accommodate all different skill levels. And if people are really looking for the, you know, that extreme whitewater rafting situation, you have that available up there in that part of the world. But you you also have some of those, uh, you know, a little easier drifts and a a little more family-friendly type stuff. Now, with that high water forecast that we're looking for from this year, from all that snow that's up there that just continues to fall, it it doesn't seem like it wants to stop this year, Tappan. You know, are there potentially going to be some areas of that river, some sections that you all might shut down yeah so we uh rarely will ever shut a section down however we issue high water advisories um, for three different sections on the arkansas river Um, those sections are the pine creek the numbers section and the royal gorge and depending on those flows we issue the high water advisory and most of our commercial officers then will will step away from those sections and won't vote and if you are going to be coming privately to boat in those sections, um, just be aware that we advise um, to go elsewhere when those high water advisories are in effect. Yeah, that's completely understandable. It seems like we, we have some accidents every single year, and it's usually when the, when the water's flowing really, really high. So use caution in those scenarios. Make sure you're, you're keeping to date on what the water flows are doing. Make sure you're, you're not getting in over your head in that kind of a situation. Now, you guys also offer uh, quite a few campsites in that region. Uh, if somebody's looking to come up there and kind of camp and get out on that river, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, so we have uh, seven different fee campgrounds. Um, dispersed along the river and those are like again are from north of Buena Vista and then going down south um, east along the river to just north of Canyon City. Um, Those fee areas are on the reservation only system like most of our state park campgrounds now Um, so you do need to either call the number or go online um, to cpwshop.com and you know look for Arkansas headwaters and then you can pick and choose which of those seven campgrounds you'd like to go to. Um, We also have a lot of different dispersed camping areas along the river um, and that's a great way to kind of get away from the mass and some smaller sites Um, but we do require a portable toilet and a fire pan if you are going to be camping along those rivers that are dispersed camping areas but they are free to camp at. Now, it also looks like you have a, a pretty big event that y'all, you know, have in that area of the world every single year uh, coming up in June, June 13th through the 16th. Why don't you let the listeners know what you, what's going on up there? Yeah, so the event is FIBARC. Uh, that is first in boating on the Arkansas. Um, it is the nation's oldest whitewater festival, and it will it typically happens every year over uh, Father's Day weekend, which is June 13th through the 16th this year. Um, This event is great. Uh, There's a lot of family things going on. We have live music. We get world-class kayakers and canoeists to come do events for us. Um, There are 5K runs. There are bike races. And then a pretty popular one is what we call the hooligan race, and people can enter in. Um, all sorts of crafts that are not really boats, and they come floating down through the Salida Whitewater Park, um, and that's usually a pretty popular one. People come up with some really fun and interesting crafts 
that they come boating down on. Yeah, I, I actually got on the website last night to to look about this festival and event that's going on up there, and and I saw some videos of that makeshift boat uh, kind of deal, and they had a they had a wire or a rope hanging across the river, and they had some sort of prize envelope type of deal hanging down, and and people were floating through a section in front of this huge crowd and trying to jump up out of their boats and and trying to grab these envelopes. I mean, I saw people with uh you know float tubes that were all you know strapped together with trampolines on top of them and they were trying to jump up and grab these things and of course you know nobody was really having a lot of success it was more of a of a big splash and the whole crowd would kind of yell and cheer and having a good time and that looked like a pretty fun event to happen yeah it is absolutely um that's definitely a crowd favorite um, there's prizes for best craft, and they're trying to grab money out of, the, out of those hanging from the wires. Um, but, you know, I also say we get some of the best kayakers in the world that come do some of these events as well. So um, there's a lot to offer here during that weekend. Um, again, that's June 13th through the 16th. And if you're interested, check out fibarc.com. That's F-I-B as in boy arc.com and you can see the full schedule you know, again live music um and then all the different events and going on and if people are just really kind of interested in, in the arkansas headwaters area and the park up there and the things and the amenities that y'all have to offer uh where can they find that information yeah so our visitor center is based in salida colorado we're just a couple hours you know southwest from denver um if you Head south on 285, you can, you know, run into Salida. Um, and if you either go to the cpw.state.co.us and click on the places to go, Arkansas Headwaters is the first state park that pops up. Or just Google AHRA Colorado, and our website is the first thing that pops up. And we have a lot of information on that, on where to camp, the fishing conditions, the water flow, um, all kinds of park activities are going on. Happen Brown with Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Mr. Brown, I want to thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, thank you so much, Ronnie. I appreciate it, and I uh, hope you guys come visit soon. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. I'm going to take it to a break, folks. You're listening to Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors here on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. I am Ronnie Castiglione. I am filling in for Terry Wickstrom. And we are going to go right back to, to the phones. And joining us from uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife once again, Mr. Grant Brown. Grant, how you doing this morning? I'm doing all right. How you doing? I am all fired up. I'm getting settled in here. You know, I get, I get pretty excited when I get in here in the studio for Terry. But I'm kind of settling into to a rhythm now. Now, Grant, it is, let's see here, it is the National Safe Boating Week. Kicks off today and goes for the week. National Safe Boating Week, the Safe Boating Campaign. Why don't you tell folks what the Safe Boating Campaign is all about? Yes, yeah, so like you said, it's a national event. I kicked off yesterday with a wear your life jacket to work day. So that's where we ask just any profession, whoever to take pictures and be wearing a life jacket. Uh, and that's the biggest thing we want to promote is life jacket wear. Um, so we want people to make sure they've got the, a properly fitting life jacket and the appropriate um, style and type for the water activities that they're getting into. Uh, so that's the main premise behind kind of boating safety week. Um, once again, start yesterday goes for this upcoming week. 
uh, and it just awareness, making sure your boat is appropriately um, equipped. So that you have registration, you got a plug for your boat, make sure you know the capacity and all of that. So let's talk. Uh, let's talk more about the PDFs. Um, if you're boating here in Colorado, uh, do you have to have a life jacket for every single person that steps on that boat? So great question. Yes, you have to have a life jacket for everyone on board. Uh, children 12 and under must have a life jacket on at all times when underway. Uh, if you're on a jet ski um, or water skiing or jet skiing, uh, you must have a life jacket on at all times, regardless of age. Now, what, what about these paddle boarders that we're seeing all over these lakes? You know, that is a, a really popular thing. They've kind of inundated all the bodies of water here around the state. Horsetooth has hundreds of them on any given day. Um, are those folks required to have, uh, you know, life vests with them as well? Yes. So stand-up paddle boards are considered vessels, so they are treated as other boats are. Um, so they are treated as paddle craft. So they must have a life jacket on board for everyone. Uh, again, if there's a child 12 and under, they must have a life jacket on at all times. Uh, they must have a sound-producing device, so a whistle would suffice, and uh, they must have their personal information affixed to the board. Absolutely. That, that is very important stuff. I, I can tell you that I see the Rangers up at Horse Tooth uh, stopping people all the time that are out on paddle boards without life vests. Uh, usually what ends up happening, the scenario we see is that one person has a, you know, has a paddle board and has the life vest, and maybe, maybe they pull up to the bank where a whole bunch of their friends are hanging out or something like that on the swim beach areas and that sort of thing, and, and somebody else decides, hey, let me give that, let me give that, that crazy surfboard-looking thing a chance. And you know, they, they get up there and they get on that paddle board and they start paddling out and they, they you know, they're falling over and jumping into the water. And, but they did not get the life vest from the from the original person that was out on the paddleboard or the person that rented the paddleboard. Uh, that's what the Rangers are looking for a lot of times up there. And I've seen people literally in the dead center of the lake on a Saturday without a life vest. And if the Rangers spot you in that scenario, they will absolutely write you a ticket. Um, and you, you just can't blame them. It's it's a dangerous situation to begin with, just being out there on those paddleboards on a weekend with all that boat traffic, but now you throw in the fact that people don't have the the necessary flotation devices with them. Uh, that's just a recipe for disaster, right, Grant? Absolutely. Yeah, people don't realize how quickly that paddleboard can get away from them uh, once they fall off. And the water is still cold. The, the air is hot. The water is still cold. So um, oftentimes people get that cold water immersion shock and want to make sure you have a life jacket so you don't get in trouble unless you hit that water. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and there's quite a few boating rules and regulations here in Colorado that, that people really need to understand. It seems like every single year we got, you know, new people to the state that don't necessarily know exactly what the rules and regulations are. Let's talk real quick just about some of the basic ones that you need to understand. Uh, real quick, what is the speed limit here in Colorado for anybody that's out there boating? Okay, so it is posted on that state body of water that Speed limit is 40 miles an hour, um, and just because it is 40 doesn't mean you can always go 40. So you must go whatever the conditions present. Sure, absolutely. And let's say you're new to the state, you're going to get out there on a boat for the first time. What are the required things that you're supposed to have with you in that watercraft? Okay, so again, like we discussed, you must have enough properly fitting and appropriate style life jackets or personal flotation devices for everyone on board. Um, you must have, if your vessel is 16 feet or longer, you must have a type four throwable, so a little square cushion usually with the straps on it. 
Uh, again, if it's a motor or a motorboat or sailboat, it must be registered. So in that current year, again, know the capacity. So we're not going over the capacity there. Um, sound producing device, so a horn or a whistle, and fire extinguisher for motorboats. Perfect. And let's say somebody's out there and they're, uh, it's getting dark. You know, they're out there in the evening and it's starting to get dark where you can't see. What Are they required to have lights of some sort on their vessels? Yes. So motorboats and sailboats must have their navigation lights. So your green and red lights up front and your 360-degree stern light on the uh, back of the boat. Okay. And what about a pedal craft? Let's say somebody's out there on a, on a kayak or something like that fishing in the dark. Are they also supposed to have some sort of light? Yes, sir. They are supposed to just have a flashlight or a light um, that can be turned on uh, when a vessel or someone is approaching them so they can alert and let people know that they're of their position. Yeah, what we used to do is we had the headlamps that we had that had the had the red and the multiple colors and that sort of a thing. And, and whenever we were out there late at night on my old, uh, you know, hand-launchable craft, um, we had those, those, those things strapped to the backside of it so that we had kind of a makeshift lighting system. And we always ran those red lights at a minimum so that people could see us from a distance. And, you know, that's a big deal out there if you're going to get out there and you're going to fish at night from a kayak or something like that. Uh, I, I'm here to tell you that you're difficult. it's difficult to see those smaller vessels at night. Um, you know, and so you really got to let people know you're there. Otherwise you're going to get ran over. So that's important for people to understand, you know, Grant, if people are looking, you know, they're, they're new to the state or they're new to boating and they're looking to, you know, know this information. Is there somewhere online that we can, we can steer them to so that they can find out all this stuff? Absolutely. Um, so we do teach boating safety classes. Uh, Carl Parks and Wildlife does. Um, they can go to the Parks and Wildlife website and go to the boating safety page. And from there you can go, um, check out our boating education courses, and uh, we encourage people to sign up for one in their area. And, uh, yeah, it's $15 if you want the card, um, the certificate. Uh, children 14 and 15 can operate in Colorado if they take that course and have their certificate on them. Um, so, yeah. Excellent, Grant. You know, we have just a couple more minutes real quick. Let's get back to talking about some of the life jackets and some of the some of the options that are available for people out there real quick. Uh, you know, just yesterday I, I was on a guide trip, and, you know, when my clients show up to the lake and we get out on the boat, the very first thing I do is, is hand them the life vest. And, you know, I'm out there with some of the really, really nice uh, suspender-style inflatable-type life vests, the ones that will auto-inflate if you hit the water or you have a, a pull cord on them that will also inflate those. And people who never worn a life vest of that sort every time they get on my boat and they put those things on they're like these are incredible because they're light you know they're not cumbersome you don't feel like you're out there wearing a big old balloon jacket Uh, you can fish in them you can wear them all day it's very common for the people that get on my boat not to take them off just to leave them on all day long especially if we're fishing in rough conditions where you know boats are going by and throwing large wakes at us I, I get a lot of senior citizens and older folks on the boat and they just wear the life vest all day long they never take it off uh, so, there, you know, it's, it's important for people to understand there are a lot of options out there for people to wear. You, you don't have to look at those old school big pink or, or uh, you know, orange life vests that you see, you know, the old school type of stuff. Uh, you don't have to wear the big cumbersome jackets. But, you know, talking about those inflatable ones, every single year, you know, you really got to pay attention to whether or not uh, they're still active, whether or not they're still good. People need to check those. Uh, there's usually some sort of a, a mechanism on there that displays whether or not they're active with a green color, or if they go bad, there's going to be a red color in that little window. That's important for people to check every year. Isn't that right, Grant? 
Absolutely. I'm so happy you brought that up. Uh, that is a campaign we're really going to try to push this year um, that folks do check their inflatable life jackets uh, and open those up, know how they work. So that CO2 cartridge, making sure that it is twisted tight onto there um, and that the mechanism to pull the gas is you know, ready to go and has not already been deployed. Yeah. Uh, and knowing how to use the manual inflate on the side there. So if the gas doesn't go off, know that you know how to manually inflate that life jacket. Absolutely. And, you know, it's a good idea. Those those things don't have an infinite lifespan. So it's always a good idea, you know, maybe every couple of years to go ahead and jump off the boat and let that thing inflate and make sure you have a backup cartridge, uh, know how to reload that thing, know how to repack that thing. That way you're good to go. And uh, it, it's actually kind of fun if you do it just as a trial thing. You know, you hop off in relatively shallow water and you let it inflate. It's actually kind of fun to do. I've done it several times when I know my, my life vest is getting a little old and I want to go ahead and put a new cartridge in it. Uh, that way way, you know, if it ever happens to you in one of those scenarios where you need it to work, you have experience with it. You understand what it feels like and what it's supposed to do, and, and you're going to end up being safe out there. Uh, Grant, give folks one more time. If anybody's looking for information online or some contact information, where do they go? So they'll go to the Colorado Parks and Wildlife website, the so cpw.state.co.us. Uh, find the boating safety page on there, and you can find all the boating information uh in Colorado right there, boating regulations and information on boating safety courses. Mr. Grant Brown, I want to thank you for joining us this morning. All right. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. All right, folks. And we are going to get to a break. And we get, when we get back, Jared Edwards is going to join us. Uh, you're listening to Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented in part by Sun Enterprises, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. Good morning, folks. We're going to go right back to the phones. And joining us, this gentleman is a well-known TV personality here in this state and around this part of the world. He is a former Elite Series touring pro. He's a really good guy. You know, I got to meet him a couple weeks back at Crowley Marine. Mr. Jarrett Edwards. Jarrett, how are you doing this morning, bud? Man, I tell you, it, it is an awesome day and uh, really honored to be on your show. Thanks for the opportunity. Well, we absolutely love to have you. Uh, Jared, you know, you, you have a television show that, you know, I tell a lot of people about. Uh, I'm a guide here in the state, and I get people that have relocated, people coming to Colorado, people learning to fish for the first time, that sort of a thing. And without a doubt, they start asking me, you know, what should I be doing? How am I going to learn new stuff? How am I going to learn new tactics? What should I do? And I tell them, well, guide trips, you know, are going to help you out a lot. That's absolutely a, a great place to start. I tell them to watch Fishful Thinker television as well and watch Chad's show because Chad's show is filmed right here in this region. And I also tell them to watch Jared. Jared Edwards Outdoors, because you're on right before Chad. Uh, you know, you might as well DVR them both, and you fish a lot of the same bodies of water. You're fishing states that are adjacent to Colorado. Uh, you know, how long have you been doing this television show, Jared? You know, we're filming right now for the uh, 12th year and uh, for, for our own series. And, uh, you know, prior to that, that did a lot with, uh, obviously, with ESPN when they, when they had the Bassmasters when they owned the Bassmaster Tour. And uh, so, yeah, real honor. You know, when I left the tour in 06 um, at, at 25, I tell you, it was, it was amazing from age 20 to 25. We started as the youngest on tour, and, and to uh, to retire uh, at the youngest at the time was definitely a blessing. But, uh, you know, we came down with, uh, with cancer, lymphoma, and I'm thinking, man, 25, I've already lived one dream on the tour. I, you know, if this stuff's going to come back and kill me, I would love to – jump into TV because I've always loved the educational aspect, you know, so that, that's what caused me to 
to leave the tour on my own uh, to begin our, our show. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a, been a big blessing. And that's one of the things I really like about your show. And, and, you know, it's not just one of those hook and here's a fish and I'm going to run through a whole bunch of them and everybody just look at the fish porn. Um, you know, you were definitely about education and that's something myself as a guide I pride myself on. And, you know, what I really, really like about your show, Jared, is that uh, it, it's very, very applicable to, to situations that we can run into here in Colorado. So it's not like a show that's coming from southern Florida where, yeah, it's cool to see guys out there on Lake Okeechobee, you know, catching these giant largemouth out of these heavy mats and lily pads and all that stuff. Uh, you're fishing bodies of water that look a lot like the bodies of water we have in Colorado, and you're targeting a lot of the same species as well. Yeah, you know, I appreciate that. You know, leaving the tour uh, and, and trying to go try to sell our current manufacturers, our, our current sponsors, back on the idea of TV, you know, my focus was to, to have a first uh, and only national show at the time that was focused towards Western England, multi-species, and uh, really education. To me, uh, you know, it's such an honor, like, say, Tuesday night, I might get around with the family. We might watch Deadliest Catch or we might watch something. And, and to know that there's families out there that tune into my show to to really, you know, take time to watch that is, is such a humbling experience. So I, I really want to try to make everybody's time on the water the best it can be. Um, so I think education is key and uh, really um, surrounding yourself with some of the best anglers and, and best guides out there, uh, because as you know, in fishing, every day, every day is unique, and uh, every technique is unique. And every year, even though I, I feel I'm a pretty seasoned angler, uh, I still am learning out there, and that's the excitement of fishing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the big things that we run into here in Colorado and, and especially in a lot of the western states is is we're fishing a lot of reservoirs. And I see you on a lot of reservoirs. And reservoirs are a different beast than a natural lake. Uh, you know, the water goes up and down, Jared. Uh, you know, it's coming in. It's going out. Things are changing. Covers going underwater. Covers going out of the water. Uh, that's where people struggle that come a lot of times from the east coast and come this way and start fishing our bodies of water. I can't tell you how many times. I've had guys show up that have been fishing bass tournaments their whole life down in some of the southern states, and they get up to a lake like Horsetooth, and they struggle. They have no idea what they're doing out there. It's a whole other deal, and your show really does a good job of breaking down a lot of those situations and, and really giving people an idea how to go out and broach those sort of things, Jared. You know, I appreciate it. Um, obviously, living, yeah, I'm from Colorado, right? We, we still hold the, the state record there for bass, and, and I love getting back there and, and, and fishing and filming when I can try to at least do two or three episodes there a year. But, you know, the last 18 years, um, I've been down here at Lake Powell here in, here in Page, Arizona. And, you know, when you talk about water changing and, and fluctuation, uh, you know, Lake Powell obviously is a watershed lake there for Colorado. And, you know, like this year, we're supposed to come up, you know, maybe between 48 to, to 55 foot. And when you're thinking that the cubic billions, billions with a B, right, gallons of water that comes up in, in these shorelines, are flooded it's amazing because each year depending on the runoff that that we get from great states like colorado um you know you have to relearn the entire lake all over again and it's so unique that when you come to a lot of these western reservoirs such as you know lake powell and me and mojave and and sometimes even with havasu you know uh the the structure is so consistent throughout you know meaning we have large chunk rocks right um Obviously, fishing the shade is going to be key, but wood structure and grass is always very limited. So, figuring out how to consistently pattern these fish, depending on 
you know, what the water level is doing is always a challenge. I mean, out here on Powell, uh, every couple months I go out, I'm constantly relearning the body of water <laughs> because your structure might be, you know, uh, you know, a quarter mile off the bank now, that tumbleweed pile you fished, you know, or that rock pile you fished, you know. And then next winter it might be, you know, 30 feet up on the bank. So you're you're always learning uh with the water so it's always a challenge and and again that's that's the puzzle of fishing right absolutely now the other thing i really wanted to talk to you about it is national safe boating week and you know these bodies of water you get out on here in colorado we have a lot of smaller lakes Uh, you know a big lake here is maybe seven eight nine ten miles long at the most that sort of a thing uh you're fishing these giant bodies of water like pal that is a whole nother beast Uh, you know from a safety standpoint jared how do you approach getting out on such a large expansive body of water i mean lake pal for example folks uh, when it's full, it's 186 miles long. It has a ridiculous 161 plus thousand surface acres. You know, horsetooth is 2,200 surface acres. Just to give you an idea, folks, how, how, how do you approach a body of water like that? Uh, let's say you're somebody coming from Colorado. What are the important things that you need to know if you're going to go out there and try to boat on a giant lake like Pal, Jarrett? Yeah, well, I think breaking it down on the safety aspect, that's, that's a great question. Uh, like you mentioned, I mean, Lake Powell is the second largest man-made lake in the country. You know, at full pool, 186 miles long. We have 96 side canyons. Some of them go back 22 miles deep. Uh, and then the San Juan River arm, right? And, and I mean, it's, it's endless. It's giant. I mean, 2,000 miles of shoreline, right? It's crazy. So, like, when I launch here at Wally, for example, and let's say I decide to go to mile marker 57 and take a right and go another 40 or 50 miles up the San Juan Arm, the closest road to that, for example, is the road I launched on, right, at at, at home. So I could be, you know, 100, 110 miles, uh, depending on which direction you go, and and literally in the middle of nowhere. So uh, obviously starting with some of the basics, uh, my basics for, for traveling, rather it, it's, you know, right now when the weather's decent, or rather, I'm the only boat in the parking lot in the winter. Uh, you know, batteries charged. Obviously, everything topped off on there. Make sure your your battery fluid levels are great. Uh, from there, we're starting full tank of gas. And I don't care if I plan on staying local, this or that. Uh, I'm telling you, I top off every single day when I'm off uh, off that lake. Uh, the next thing is the safety aspect. I always carry a sleeping bag in there. Spare change of clothes. Um, you know, I have my flare gun, have my Leatherman, have my fire starter, and I always have a spare bag of food. You know, stuff that's going to last a long time. A couple of MREs in there, a whole bunch of jerky, granola bars, just stuff that's not going to not going to weather. I mean, God forbid you break down out here, or or you, you hit a rock, or, or you do whatever. It, you know, it, there's so little cell service. So it's about being able to take care of yourself. It's about getting yourself properly to the bank where you can be secure. Um, and, and then getting on that bank and, you know, starting that fire and, and beginning emergency preparations, you know, if you had to for you or your guests. Again, you know, your nearest hospital is, is where you came from, you know. So uh, being able to signal out, uh, some people will carry, you know, the spot out here, the GPS receiver. I carry a little sat phone when I'm going way far up lake. Uh, safety is paramount, you know. Obviously, they, when I'm fishing by myself, uh, I always have my life vest on. That's a no-brainer. Um, anytime the big motor's running, life vest is on. Guests in the boat, life vest is on. You know? And I, I think it's so tough because still a lot of people say, well, you do that for your show. I understand the safety and what you're trying to pertain. And, uh, the bottom line is, no, I do that for me. And I do that for my guests. You know, those, uh, 
those precautions are there uh, for the right reason. Yeah, it's all very important. Nobody. Yeah, you know, I I can't tell you how many people I know that have either bow hooked or or been ejected out of a boat. Yeah, absolutely. God, you know, they they now, you know, hundred percent religiously wear their life vest on the water, and uh, it's there to save your life. You know, so regardless of how cool you look with or without it. Uh, it's about being able to go out and fish again. It's about being able to get back to your family at night, you know. And, and so to me, those are just a couple of tips. Uh, you know, prepare for the worst and, and hope for the best when you're out there. Yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about, folks. It's important to listen to Jared. He's got a lot of experience on these giant bodies of water. Uh, you know, I'd love to have him back on here in the future and really pick his brain about how to get out there and how to how to target the fish on such a large body of water. But, Jared, unfortunately, I'm going to have to get it to a break here. If people want to watch the television show, uh, where are you airing? Where can people see the show? Yeah, so we're on Altitude every Saturday morning, 9 a.m., 52 weeks a year. Uh, World Fishing Network, we are uh, minimum seven times a week, 52 weeks a year. And then uh, right now, Sportsman's Channel. You can catch us the first 26 weeks of the year, five times a week there, uh, four errands a week. So we uh, try to stay on the air a little little under 400 hours a year. And uh, I tell you, it's been been a real blessing. We're thankful for every, every viewer we have, so. Mr. Jarrett Edwards, I want to thank you a whole bunch for joining me this morning, bud. Oh, the honor is mine. Thank you, guys, and thanks to all the viewers for tuning in. It's a uh, great mission to everyone. All right, folks, and we are going to take you to a break. You're listening to Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan.